Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from the beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. Coming up on today's episode, we're actually, we're going to kind of break out of our normal thing. We've been kind of stuck in Mormonism for a while. <laughs> Indeed. Being Exmos. Uh, but uh, we're going to, we, we got a wonderful email from a uh, Jehovah's Witness listener this week. That well, you remember, you guys to another one that we responded to. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that, last week he wrote in, we responded, we told, we told him he had to write more. Yeah. So, so he did. He followed his assignment. Yeah. And so we're going to get into that. That's good. Yeah. So, Although I don't, frankly, looking at it, I don't know that we're really breaking from our Mormonism that much. Well, what we're sticking <laughs> with is just sort of strangeness. Wacky. Yeah. Proto-Christian religion. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's all very interesting. Yeah. And apologies in advance if you can hear construction. Oh, yeah. You, you may or may Hopefully you won't to. be able to, but yeah, they're, they're but building, you know, all the thousands, the tens of thousands of dollars that I've put into uh, soundproofing and all of this stuff in, in the TGIA tower here. Yeah. All it takes is one telephone pole being put up <laughs> across the street. And that anyway, will create noise. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Progress. That's, 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 uh, investment in infrastructure. Well, yeah. If they could invest in some cell towers in this neighborhood too, that'd, that'd be, be nice. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> but no, my, we can't have that. I lay on my bed. I can talk in one position. I roll over. can't talk in the other position. Yeah. That's how bad it is. But anyway. All right. Well, stuff's going on in the world, Dan. Yeah? Yeah. Where in the world? Well, there's all that Egypt hullabaloo. There is hullabaloo in Egypt. I, I believe that is the uh, the Egyptian <laughs> word. Hullabaloo? Yeah. I think it might be pronounced slightly differently, but I think I think the word hullabaloo comes from Egypt. No. The ancient, I believe there's even Fairly a hieroglyph of, <laughs> for hullabaloo. For hullabaloo. Hmm. It's like a clown with a with a bass drum. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep. It's on one of the uh, obelisks. Okay. Does it look like the uh, the, the, the <laughs> It looks like a stegosaurus hieroglyph for uh, um, kerfuffle. <laughs> I think that that is not. I think I think that may be like ancient Roman, not mm, Egyptian. Not Egyptian. Okay. Well, anyways, all this stuff's been going on in in uh, Egypt, yeah. and it's caused you know, as as pundits like to do, they comment yes. on such issues. Commentators. Make making comments. Yeah, and so that uh, David Brooks mm. at the New York Times from the Times, um, he, uh, he 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 set off a little bit of a a oh, hullabaloo, a hullabaloo of a his kerfuffle. own, a kerfuffle. Uh, uh, and over at the uh, Religion News Service, uh, Omid Safi mm. uh, responds back on his blog, "What would Muhammad do?" Um, and he he accuses uh, David Brooks of racism. What do Brooks say? Well, Brooks gets into this whole idea that uh, Egypt just doesn't have the, the sort of the mental capacity <laughs> for for democracy. <laughs> it, it, uh, I'm going to guess the, he doesn't use the words mental it, capacity. Well, Here's the last line of, of the whole thing, and it okay. kind of sums it up. It says, it's not that Egypt doesn't have a recipe for a democratic transition. It seems to lack even the basic mental ingredients. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> and he's saying that because of the 
you know, the Muslim Brotherhood having sort of been the late greats of the, the powerful <laughs> structure there. Yeah, that they that they were they were they were they were the ones that won, you know, the presidency and right. the you know power positions in, in their government when they you know went democratic yeah. a little over a year ago during the Arab Spring. Right? Yes, I remember that. Um, well, anyways, um, he, of course, didn't really like the fact that it was the Muslim Brotherhood, and he's saying that it's, it's, it's no, um, um, that, 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 well, basically he defends, in some way, I kind of was reading a little bit of defense of throwing out of Morsi. Okay. Um, in fact, he was. He, in fact, the title of it's defending the coup. So of course he was. <laughs> um, but he, um, yeah. So it's interesting though that. Um, this but response... he says that it's 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 to do with not having the mental ingredients, as in, well, you know, in in, in, the, in the, I think what he's not saying, for nothing, but you gotta have you you gotta have a little bit more brains than they got over there. Those uh, guys, and, and not to defend David Brooks. Um, yeah, defending the coup. <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely would not normally be in the position of, but but just to kind of take up what he's trying but, to but say. But in fairness to him, in fairness, um, except well, he does say the line. That's the problem. Is that he just comes right out and says it. Yeah. Um, rather than making some kind of claim that well, maybe they don't have you know, enough of a cultural tradition or enough cultural experience yeah. with democracy, which is something I could, I guess I could get on there's board a, with. There's I, a I lot can of, see that kind of argument. There's a lot. Flat out a, saying they don't have the mental capacity for it. Yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, there are lots of ingredients. Is that the word he used? Ingredients? Ingredients? Where? Uh, uh, the, that last line that you said? A recipe. Recipe. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it seems to lack even the basic mental ingredients. It doesn't. It's, it's not that Egypt doesn't have a recipe for a democratic transition. <laughs> it just it don't seems have to lack even the basic mental ingredients. You know what? If he had said cultural ingredients, if he had said, yeah. if he had said sort of the underpinnings that need to be there, that you know, if he had switched from a culinary metaphor to, let's say, a building metaphor. And said that he, they lacked the foundation necessary, sure. you know, or they lacked whatever, or you know, the, whatever. But he said mental ingredients. In middle, yeah, that's insanity. Yeah, that's that, a it, wow. It, I wonder if the if you're going to say that this response called him racist. Well, yeah, because it's, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, so Omitsafi says uh, it's. He just says the racism of New York Times Muslims are not ready for democracy. Mm. And to be fair, again, as much as possible with David Brooks, he was saying um, he, he he was talking almost exclusively about this um, about radical Islamists, radical Islam. Okay, right? that that this that this is not. He wasn't saying Islam. He was saying radical Islam, which we know is yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of tough, but radical Islam, as far as like sort of that, just a blanket statement group, whatever. We understand that that's the group that's that that would love to see Islamic control of the whole world, political sure. domination of the entire world. Sure, and but that's like that's like equating the reason why America is not ready. 
for uh, for something being about the radical Christians who would love to see no, love nothing more than to see Christianity be in charge of everything. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's dumb. But but I mean equate I mean saying that saying that an entire country isn't ready for democracy because of a radical element within that country is a bit silly. Well, a radical element that was running the country. Well, even the Muslim Brotherhood's not as radical as a lot of the I mean as an organization. Well, yeah, but they were shutting out other groups. They were definitely engaged in anti-democratic activities. And re- typically when radical Islam does get into the power position in any country, they feel that that was the one referendum that they needed right. to claim power. True. Indefinitely. Yeah. I mean that that's why whenever you see an, you know like um wasn't that what happened in Iran back in wasn't that the election of uh, anyways I'm I'm showing my <laughs> ignorance of world history. <laughs> but um yeah. Anyways, I just think it's interesting. Yeah, I th- I I here's the thing. You know, there there are a lot of things to criticize about what has happened in Egypt recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, great. I I think that the Egyptians themselves, when they elected the Muslim Brotherhood and and, and Mr. Morsi, were were making some calculated errors, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And I think that. Uh, but I also think that if you're going to be fostering a democracy, a military coup is not the best way to demonstrate that democracy. I think that no. there's. There's a lot of issues here, but to decide that it's about mental deficiencies, right? It, that's a problem. Yeah. It's just, I, I, I think the, the takeaway here is just, you know, I always, it, it's so easy just to write off Islam. Oh, yeah. It's so, so, so easy. And it, I just, it just doesn't get us anywhere. And I think that that, I didn't really like what I thought was amazing. Was, I'm reading this response from Osafi. I didn't really even like his response. Because oh, yeah. his was just as, I mean, his was just. It was uh, overly. It was defensive. and Defensive. Okay. Yeah. It, it lacked the kind of stuff I would want to hear from him. Like, but anyways. Like nuance and, nuance and yeah. critical thinking and stuff. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, I think you're right. I mean, it is. In fact, here's the thing. Islamists, like radical Islamists, people who, radical religious people in general, are easy to dismiss. Mm-hmm. They make themselves easy to dismiss because they make entirely dismissible claims all the time. Mm-hmm. They're they're frustrating humans. Yeah. And yet we have to sort of deal with them, and especially when they're in power in a world, you know, on the world stage. Right. One has to walk gently. Well, and, you know, the, the idea is if you can get these people, uh, I think if you can get these people into positions where, and I mean by these people, I mean radical radical groups that win elections um, that would want sort of, you know, to just claim power and control. At some point, they're going to have to get into, you know, making sure the sewers are running right mm-hmm. and making sure the power grid doesn't go off and right. make, you know, like there's the praying the to a law will not help with that. Exactly. There are the day-to-day concerns about running a country. And I mean, we've seen groups that absolutely have complete disregard for that, like the Taliban. Right. You know, and obviously those are groups that, okay, you just need to f- shut down. Um, but even, <laughs> anyways, I'm totally straying, but, um, but with this group, it, ran for election. It was having a hard time turning itself from uh, sort of a political movement into a uh, political party. Right. And was kind of overreaching. Well, why not work through the democratic 
you know, yeah. whatever. So it it does open the whole thing up to um, making easy, broad stroke statements like David Brooks did. Well, and so. it, it may be fair at this point to ask the question, are these people, you know, is this culture ready for... Is uh, Egypt Western, right now Western style democracy ready for it? We don't know. Maybe right. they're not. Right. So, I, is the country, is the society capable? I mean, of that's, stepping that's up? A, I think that's that's a fair question. Totally a fair and question. those are those are you know those are well. And there was one comment. It's a good conversation. I, I don't to have. typically. I mean, I hate reading comments on stuff like this because it's like, oh God, you know, what, <laughs> what are people going to say? And there were a lot of people who were just like agreeing one hundred percent with dude with the blogger. Um, so this is on the RNS, hmm. but one of them says, and I thought that it, it really brought up an interesting point uh, for me, which is they said they have democracy. They need rule of law. Yeah. <laughs> which is based, you know, they need to trust the rule of law. They need to have a sense of, okay, well, ultimately some more right is going to happen than bad in this society yeah. and if they can't trust that that's going to be happening well th- that is when you get coups yep. you know that is when people overthrow is yeah. when they no longer can trust their their um their social system and the the, the bureaucracies that yeah. are in place i mean so. you, I, you and i were talking before about how uh how how lucky uh we americans were to have had our, our to have had our troubles with the english at a moment when there were some very cool-headed, very intelligent men uh, mm. there to sort of make good decisions and yeah. and sort of instill a process or, or begin a process that instilled trust in, right. with the populace. But it also was not a population. I mean, our revolution, we have to remember, there was there were democratic bodies. Right. There, this was not a completely brand new concept exactly. democracy yeah you know? we weren't introducing was there a monarch totally. yeah was parliament in england being you know douchey douchey to <laughs> the american colonies yeah yeah but there was still you know but there was still par- democratic parliamentary parliamentary rule yeah the idea and of elected if, officials and whatnot i mean that right. was nothing and, new and even if the american continent wasn't you know if, if if the colonies weren't getting the support that they felt they needed Right. They're, they, they, I mean, you know, they didn't rise up to form a new country. They rose up to get the representation that they felt they needed. Yeah. And when they couldn't, when they saw that that wasn't going to happen, that's when they chose to, to, yeah, exactly. to break off. Yeah. It's hard. It's totally so those underpinnings, oranges, those though. underpinnings were there. They were right. set, they were in place but, and they were understood. Everybody sort of right. understood how they, how it worked. Right. So our, it's different. Right. But our revolution, uh, apples and oranges. Oh Yeah. You know, yeah, it's impossible but that's, to compare the two. That's what we're saying, right? Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of England, have you you remember the uh, the church thereof? Uh, the C of E. Heard of that? The the Anglican English Church. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so if you'll recall, last November mm-hmm. uh, we reported on uh, the fact that they had that that they had had a. Uh, a meeting of the General Synod, and decided not to have women bishops. Boo. It was like this. It was a very uh, narrow uh, decision. 
it had passed the the idea of having women bishops had passed uh the three two of the three tiers mm. uh including the it, it it passed the house of bishops and the house of clergy but then failed to gain uh two thirds majority in the house of laity mm. well those lame laity mm-hmm. have passed it now oh no ways they's they's going to have girl bishops <laughs> They're going to let little girls be the bishops up in there. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Girl bishops. Lady bishops. Lady lady bishops. (laughs) I'm a a lady lady bishop. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. That's nice. It's very funny. It's progress. At one point, opponents, uh, some of the opponents were saying that they were resigned to women bishops, but... (laughs) We're insisting on firm guarantees that they could be that they could be looked after by male priests and bishops. Oh, interesting. <laughs> to which the uh, the supporters of women bishops were like, um, that might undermine <laughs> the authority of the women if we said, yeah, y- yes, they're bishops, but go ahead and find yourself a boy one if you need one. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but there you go. Hmm. There, uh, there will be bishops in England uh, with vaginas at some point. <laughs> well, good. That's you know the the more the merrier in the sure, clergy. You sure. know, like although it does bring up jump in. You know what's funny is that me wording it like the with the vagina thing mm-hmm. as a little joke does make me think that you know because if a male bishop has an as- a sexual assignation, mm. there's really no tell telltale sign that could show up on him. Other than a, an accusation, mm. but if a female bishop has an assignation, she could get pregnant. And how mm. interesting would that be? If like a if if like a, a an unmarried female bishop, mm. <laughs> you're just you're just grunting now. Yeah, that <laughs> just, would be just saying that's interesting. Scandalous. Yep. <laughs> maybe maybe that's why. M- Men have traditionally been the clergy, right? Because too many women got pregnant while they were in power and ruined everything. You think that's what happened? No, I don't think that that's yeah, even remotely likely at all. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't all. think that's what happened at all. <laughs> I don't think that's how that wound up being. No, no, the status quo, <laughs> as it were, all right, well, as as it was, and as it will be. <sighs> okay. Um, well, we might as well just continue on with some uh, faith group news. Mm, gotta love faith groups. Faith groups. Uh, the White House um, has finally... Well, this news isn't that new, but it's it's we haven't addressed it yet. Um, uh, faith groups can now opt out of contraception mandate. Oh, this is a couple of weeks old, but under under Obamacare, Obama, the Obama administration um, finalized some rules um, that in the last couple of weeks that allow religiously affiliated organizations to opt out of a federal mandate that would have required them th- to provide health insurance to their employees um, and the that included right. birth control. Coverage well, for birth control. good for them. And so now they can say, no, right. We won't pay for that. You douchey. Yeah. It is douchey if they would do that. Well, they're going to. Yeah. A lot of them will. It's a, uh, yeah. I just, uh, 
It's you know the whole idea that you should that I I don't know. I'm I'm rambling now because my brain's going in a million different directions. I'm thinking in terms of like overpopulation mm. and I'm thinking in terms of you know right, but you need women's more... health and I'm thinking in terms of a whole lot of different things and it's just like fuck you Catholics. Yeah. But you can't block Catholic souls from arriving. That's the whole point. Into heaven? No. Uh, down oh, to earth. Oh, oh yes. You souls. need more Catholic souls. You need, we need bodies. Little vessels. Yes. Soul vessels. Yes. I, I like Which the is idea why you can't abort vessels. them either. Right. You know? You want all of those down. You gotta pad your numbers. <laughs> Not to be too cynical here, but... <laughs> you, gotta, you, you gotta get them going. That's the whole point. I mean, in my mind, that's the whole point. <laughs> Why? Why do you hate contraception? Because you want more babies. Yeah, I honestly, I honestly think that we have a shot at this pope getting rid of the, the contraception thing. Eh, I, I don't. Th- but it, I mean, not that it matters. Most Catholics don't care about that that much anyway. Right? They'll, well, they'll find it on their own. Yeah. If they happen to work for the, for a, a, a one of the religious groups, faith groups that won't give it to them they'll go to planned parenthood go to planned parenthood hey you know it's job security for planned parenthood yeah that's true <laughs> although frankly as an organization i i don't know that they'd mind being put out of business yeah I, yeah i mean you know you don't want to lose your job and stuff but yeah but it'd be nice if they weren't necessary <laughs> maybe you like baby blocking you know <laughs> it's, you have this image of like some basketball player swatting babies <laughs> back into wombs Whap! No! Rejected! And out of wombs. Well, yeah. Or, oh, well. Yeah. Knocking them out. Yeah, just plow! Knock them out of wombs. <laughs> Too early oh. for them to be, yeah. Yeah. Hey, is your baby viable? No? Whap! <laughs> <laughs> abortion jokes. Oh, abortion jokes. We're in trouble again. We, we There needs to just be a disclaimer that we will make abortion jokes. <laughs> Sorry. This podcast Astrid. makes abortion, abortion jokes. <laughs> Anyway, all right, fine, fine. Hey, uh, I I don't know if you've ever heard of Joel Hunter. Uh, you may, you may have actually read his name once or twice. Uh, he's a a pastor down in in uh, Florida, hmm. and he is uh he's he's pastor of the Northland Church, which is the which is Florida's largest evangelical congregation. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, traditionally, how one, big is that? Uh. Almost 14,000 members. In one congregation. Yeah. That's absurd. <laughs> it is absurd. It's it, hard to tend your flock when your flock's that big. Yeah. And he doesn't even have... I mean, he he seems like a nice enough fella. He looks he looks like a nice enough fella, but he doesn't even have that Osteen smile that'll, that'll, mm. that'll carry you through. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Osteen, I can see it. He's got that smile. Everybody looks down. Mm. You can see it from the back row. Yeah. but But apparently he's great. Apparently, because 14,000 people are into him. That's great. You know who's yeah. not into him? Who? 1,500 of those former members. Oh, no. They're, Why? They hit the road. Why? He's losing members. He, he has lost several of his flock because he's a, a sort of moderate. And oh. I say sort of because he's pretty conservative on a lot of things. Okay. But. What is he moderate on? He, political stuff. 
He's a he is a political moderate. So he he gave the benediction at one of uh, Obama's event, events. Oh no, he's one of Obama's personal spiritual advisory. Oh dudes. dear God, yeah, he doesn't shun Obama, and that's that's too much for them. That's a sin. That's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it's like it's like that's in, like the eleventh commandment. Yeah, exactly. It's in Revelations or something. It's it's somewhere in the Bible. Hmm. And thou shalt shun. Thou shalt not elect an African American president, or or thou shalt, you know, m- go with the flow of radical right wing poli- politics. So yeah. yeah, I mean the fact that he's not on board with the, with the crazy right has hmm. has has apparently lost him a significant chunk of his uh, of his congregants. What? Well, so, okay. I got to think that some people that he would have gained some people for exactly the same reason. You would one would think, yeah. But but there you go. Well, that's I mean, it's shocking that a group of people would would splinter off from another religious group. <laughs> you, that's just shocking to me. No that one ever happens. You've never heard of that? Never. No. 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 Huh. Independence, well, news. Missouri. That's news. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it is interesting. But I mean, I guess it just all. I, the only reason I bring it up is that I, it speaks to the political climate of the United States of America, right? Which is so just goddamn polarized, and and just how politicized even faith and religion, yeah, has become. Like you're yeah. like you're not allowed to be of a specific faith and not be of that faith's political leaning, right? Which is just weird. Which is just dumb. Yeah. You're two different. Yeah, faith, religion needs to understand. We, we we need to be pushing for the separation of church and state on the religion side <laughs> as well as the state side. Well, that's up for uh, that's it's that's up the responsibility them. of religious folk, not yeah. atheists. Although, then again, he, the fact that I mean, he has he is also this guy, this uh, hunter guy, mm-hmm. has also uh, supported like like. Vocally backed and financially backed uh, Republican uh, candidates, which is fine, except that doesn't he have to lose his uh, his nonprofit status for doing that? Yeah, but nobody get nobody does. Probably depends on how he does it. Is no. he in a photo op with someone? Yeah, is no, he, he was. He literally yeah, like over or did he do it over the pulpit? I don't. I don't know that it matters for him. Hmm. I think I honestly think, uh, but I think it, I think it may have been over the pulpit. The fact is that the fact is that if it if it wasn't, plenty of guys do it over the pulpit, mm-hmm. and then they and they still don't lose their IRS status. Bullshit. That's some. That is some bullshit. That's that's some bullshit that I don't understand. That's just like the law not being not being practiced yeah. to favor the Christians. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> bullshit. Bullshit. Well, I have some not so breaking news. This not just in, not not recently. Okay, Channel Four here in Salt Lake. Ooh, Salt Lake. ABC Four. Salt Lake's ABC affiliate. Yes, um, has uh, it, it's an article that somehow kind of passed us by, mm. um, and it is over a year old. So our apologies. It's not, though, that we haven't talked about this subject before. Right. But there's actually, like, a real article about it, which I think is kind of nice. And yeah. it, it is uh, the, the fact that the number that the, the, the Mormons' numbers are actually in decline mm. versus not, their public 
um, their normal public statement, their, what they normally assert in public, which is that they're always growing and we're getting right. bigger and blah, blah, blah. And every year at General Conference, they always say, they always release these new numbers and it's always, you know, a couple hundred thousand more than it was right. before. They're or, claiming now about 14 million? They claim around 14 million. Okay. And so, but the deal is that there was actually this um, this one general authority, so a high-ranking Mormon official, uh-huh. but not sort of in the highest echelons of the church. He's just a, a – it sounds like he's a member – Does actually doesn't say what he's a member of, but I'm assuming he's a member of the uh, 70. What's his name? Uh, Marlon Jensen. Okay. I'll look so, it up. Um, so Marlon Jensen – it, he uh he went and spoke at this um at a class at up in logan at the university up there the uh what is that the university the, uh, U- utah state university utah state, yeah. and he was talking to like this um well i don't even remember what the name of the class was or anything but the the students in the class started asking him about um started asking really pointed questions about you know the attrition rate mm. in the church and he responded really honestly with them. And I'm not sure if he knew that the whole thing was being recorded. <laughs> because they usually don't do that. <laughs> um, but he said, in in this whole little thing, he said that, that the, the number actually is probably somewhere around 5 million. Wow. It's not 14 million. It's, That's, it's 5 million. He's saying the number of active members. Of the, yeah, but... Th- the the people that you the, the the they could really honestly call members yes. yeah damn yeah that's something yeah uh, yeah five to fourteen that's a that's a pretty amazing ratio right there yeah I mean we, we've always we've always sort of anecdotally known this yeah right? we've known it um, well we've uh, seen studies about you know Brazil and we've seen studies that that play it out in different parts of the world but never never really gotten word about Right, and there's you know the studies that that have people self-report right. on their on their religious affiliation, and the numbers totally don't jive here in the United States with what the Mormons say they have. Right, um, and so we, again, we've but we've never really had it from a higher up, and it's just really interesting because there's been this there a couple things have happened this last year with the missionary program that mm. I think have to be have to absolutely be just direct responses to this which is lowering the age of the the missionary right um the, the missionary um eligibility from 19 for boys down to 18 and from 21 for girls down to 19 right and then the other thing being just this recent one where they're going to be doing they're not really going to be knocking on doors anymore they're going to be doing all online stuff see my understanding was that they were still going to be knocking on doors but they were going to be do- shifting to a lot more online stuff whatever but they're, it's still but it, they're still they're, experimenting with new modalities because they realize that they're what they're doing isn't working all right one of the big things that i heard that the, the, the new one of the new things that they're doing is they're going to be opening up their chapels daily for tours and they have to have missionaries oh. there to staff it and while they're there they're going to be doing online work because the chapels all have wi-fi apparently wow that'd be if I could get a coffee there, I might be tempted. <laughs> just gonna show up. I'll show up with my laptop and just. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm just doing some work. Don't worry. They have a little uh, postum bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll take a postum espresso. 
Uh, post a mocha would probably be good. Post a mocha. Post a mocha. Mm, that Ooh. sounds delicious. Yeah. By the way, Marlon K. Jensen was a member of the first quorum of the 70 and then was in the presidency of the first quorum of the oh, 70 okay. and is now an emeritus general authority. I wonder if he got asked to leave. <laughs> he, he would now. Retire. Yeah. Time for you to go. Jensen, retire. You opened your mouth. Elder Jensen. That was privileged information. Elder Jensen. You are not supposed to know that. Yeah. Anywho. Well, there you go. Wow. That's a... Yeah, that's a significant difference in numbers. Uh, It does make you wonder about all of the churches and how they report their things. But I think this affects Mormonism more strongly than most. Yeah. They have this... They kind of got themselves... They kind of... They do this self-reporting thing every six months at General Conference, right? Or is it just once a year? I think they only report their numbers once a year at General Conference. But anyways, they they got into this habit of always say, you know, having this full report that right. they give to the full membership of the church about you know where are we at and all this kind of stuff. The funny thing is they used to open up the books, right. the actual financial records of right. the church, and they would say, this year we brought in X amount in tithing, right. and this year we spent this much on this, and blah, 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 blah. Well, back in like the 50s or 60s, they were in financial dire straits, and they were all in the red, and they stopped doing it. Right. And then they brought in, like, these, you know, brilliant financial guys, turned the church into a business, a for-profit business, and now they won't bring that tradition back at all. No, no, no. They don't want people to know how much money <laughs> no. they have. And so they kind of did this. Now they're at that point with numbers. Yeah. But they've just been allowing the numbers to keep going up and going up and going up well it's i mean they can when they know that if they just stop doing that there'll be big questions right well the the thing is their numbers do continue to go up it's because the number of people that they baptize is greater than the number of people who send in a letter saying please remove me from the rolls right it doesn't mean that they're actually that the attendance goes up right but they have I mean, in some parts of the world, they have a one in four retention rate with right. baptism. Exactly. So, so attendance is probably declining, even yeah. as they're claiming higher numbers. Well, and I think the issue is, I mean, these, these students, they were sort of from their own experience, anecdotal experience, asking this guy questions of like, why are all my friends falling away? Mm-hmm. Why is, why, what is going on with the church right now? Right. And so they're like, oh, we got, oh. I do like the Freak moment in the uh, in the news uh, in the TV news uh, thing where where the one guy said, "Well, no, I know that the church is growing. I'm not worried about it because I know that the con- church will continue to grow." And, and you and I both was, went, um, "If the whole te- if, if if what you were just asked about is that the church is shrinking, <laughs> how do you know that it's going to continue to grow? First of all, the word continue is a little problematic." Yeah. And second of all, but, but th- that just says that just goes to show how instilled, how how just deeply rooted this belief within Mormonism is yeah. that the church is always growing. Yeah, that that there's something like the church is not true if it's not growing. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, a, it is you kind of to that point. You kind of have to like like I would that would be a great man on the street mm. question. I mean, who knows if you could, but like. Like to really truly ask people, you know, if well, the church if the church's numbers started to to decline, what would that do to your faith? Right. And I guarantee you, it would it would it would shake them to their core. 
Yeah, asking them, you won't get that answer. No. But it probably would. It absolutely would. If their numbers actually started to decline, you'd see a mass fall off from the church. (laughs) That's bigger than anything they've ever experienced. If their numbers started to decline, that would indicate a mass fall off from the church. No, I mean just a small dwindling would turn into a snowball. Right. Indeed. Or a snowball would turn into a... Bigger snowball. Snow, bigger snowball. <laughs> it would snowball. It would, is what would happen. There would be a snowball effect. That's what you're getting at. There's this thing. <laughs> there's this effect where things start to exponentially <laughs> Shut up. build Does upon they? themselves. <laughs> and it's just it's we'll, escaping me. I don't know what it is. Anyway. Anyway. Can I finally move on to Satanism? <laughs> Only if you want to. Oh, but... Don't I? Mm, yes, okay. I do. So, uh, so there's a bit of a row among Satanists. Oh, uh, <laughs> over what? Over the, <laughs> there's discord amongst the Satanists over abortion. Interesting. <laughs> really? Didn't see that coming, did you? I thought they would love abortion. Well, <laughs> you'd think they would be just not even pro-choice, pro-abortion, right? Exactly. Or something. No. Here's the, so here's the deal. So there was a uh, you'll you'll recall that there was a bit of a flap in Texas recently, mm. uh, where you know they were trying to was, pass yeah. really restrictive abortion laws, and then there was a filibuster mm-hmm. and blah 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 blah. Well, there were people outside of the state house, you know, protesting on either side. Mm-hmm. People chanting, people yelling, people mm-hmm. the waving of signs and yes, the gnashing right. of teeth, yeah. and apparently. Some pro-abortion rights groups started chanting "Hail Satan" to, uh, to, I guess, to freak out the the pro-lifers <laughs> to make them feel uncomfortable. I'm really not sure. Frankly, it's. I mean, I'm sure that the pro-lifers were accusing them of being satanic or something like that. And they were like, "Okay, they're like, well, fine. Well, then we'll hail see Satan. your accusation <laughs> and, and raise you a praise, Satan." Right. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so, so suddenly after that, uh, a, a Twitter user in, uh, a Twitter user calling themselves UK Church of Satan, uh, tweeted, unfortunate to see Satan's name used in such a diabolical manner. Another example of what Satanism doesn't represent. Diabolical is what they Hashtag hail Satan. But then they also tweeted this one. You ready for this? Okay. Why wouldn't Satanism be pro-life? What else is there? We are all free to make choices, agreeable or not. Everyone is entitled to choice. Which is confusing, because it's like, are you pro-life? Are you talking about choice, like, to be pro-life? Or are you talking about, like, being able to choose being pro-choice? or what? It was. I was very confused by that mm-hmm. tweet. But apparently, it caused a kerfuffle back here in the States. Because no, because the uh, the uh, the leader of the Church of Satan, which is an official church, that's true. Uh, uh, apparently, was was upset about this. Who he he claims we're talking about Peter H. Gilmore, Magus Peter H. Gilmore Magus Magus. I'm the, it's his title. It's he's the Pope of Satanism. <laughs> But I don't know how to say his his title. Is it with a G? M A G U S. Hmm. He's he's the, or maybe is that? Yeah, I think that's his title. It's Magus. Mag- the plural would be Magi. Oh, okay. Oh, 
Yeah, there you yeah, go. There you go. He's yeah. So he's the pope. He's the high priest of the Church of Satan. Um, he's told. He says there is no UK Church of Satan. Oh, interesting. Because uh, because his group, unlike the whoever the UK Church of Satan is, uh, his group has a website, and well, and also is is like right. It also has standing in the US and other countries as the Church of Satan, and and has been operating as the Church of Satan for many years. Interesting. So, um, what are they saying then? Uh, so, so he's saying, he's saying, hey, first of all, that this other group is just a hoax, that this isn't a group, it's just some tweeter. Right. Well, I thought the word of diabolical was <laughs> funny. Yeah. Me. Yes. But actually, it, like, it tipped you off that it might be, like, tongue-in-cheek or something? a little, a little, this, the word choice was a little strange to me. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yes, but, so, and he says that the, uh, there was a hoax, uh, using a title like Church of Satan in England uh, about a year ago oh. as a political prank. Um, but he said that, uh, that they are, that, that Satanists uh, are generally consider abortion to be uh, in the choice of the woman who, who's carrying the baby. Hmm. And, uh, and that's and he said, quote, we consider sexual experiences to be an indulgence between consenting adults that should be taken seriously particularly where the, when the possibility of pregnancy is concerned. Right. So they really need to figure out if she's carrying devil spawn or right. not. <laughs> and if she and is, if she then is. hooray. Yay, keep the baby. <laughs> if it's, if it's, <clears throat> if if it's, it's not, not, then if, really, say, if, I guess it's, it's up if to it's you. like the second coming of oh. our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, get rid of that thing. Yeah. Boop. <laughs> Reset. Let's try this again. <laughs> Hey, that's that's. I wonder how many times that's happened. The 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 second coming has, <laughs> has, has tried aborted. to come and been aborted. <laughs> well, see now you're just playing off of my play. I wrote a play called it, well, it, the Immaculate Abortion. Yeah, I wasn't really, but that's okay. But that's it's part, the same idea. It's the same idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they keep trying. Oh, what man? Can you imagine the sadness in the eyes of a of a really really earnest anti-abortion right-wing like christian if you if you mentioned the possibility that jesus could have been trying to come back multiple times and kept getting aborted yeah yeah that would just that would just bring tears yeah it's nothing but sadness it's really sad it's really terribly anyway well if you're sad too (laughs) then you can tell us all about it on facebook.com slash TGI Atheist. You can like us. Yeah, or you can write to us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, this is... What is this, Dan? It, well, it was actually sent in to us by, yeah. a, uh, by a listener yeah, uh, calling himself Undercover Atheist. Oh, okie dokie. And I guess, well, the the, the, the YouTube uh, title on it says, Atheists Cannot Explain This. So oh. we'll see what it says. Dun, dun, dun. If God does not exist, the Nazis were not wrong. It's just your opinion that they were wrong. If God does not exist, love is no better than rape. Not in an objective way, anyway. You just may not like it, 
It's just unfashionable, perhaps, but it's not really wrong. If God does not exist, exist, blowing up innocent people watching a marathon is morally no different than feeding the poor. It's just your opinion. If God does not exist, religious crusades are not wrong. I had the opportunity to debate Christopher Hitchens a couple times. I love Christopher Hitchens. He was great. We had a lot of fun. He had a British accent, so he sounded even more brilliant than he was. And uh, you can see both our debates on our website, crossexamined.org, for free. And Hitchens kept talking about all the evil religious people were doing in the Crusades. I say, Christopher, I agree with you. Exactly. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with that if there's no God. Because there's no standard of righteousness. If there's no standard of righteousness, nothing can be unrighteous. In fact, tolerance is no better than intolerance. David, with his organization, rightfully fights for tolerance for atheists. But look, if there's no God, why tolerate anything? Because there is no, in fact, there are no human rights if there is no God. Everything is a matter of, of opinion. If we're just overgrown germs that got here by some evolutionary process, then we're no different than any other animal. There is no objective morality if there is no God. Now, by the way, I didn't say atheists weren't good people. I didn't say atheists couldn't know morality. What I'm saying here is atheists can't justify morality. Well, I, you know, my favorite part of that whole thing is uh, that we can't have grammar without God. Yeah, it's well, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I mean, you know, not for nothing, but I'm pretty sure grammar could evolve on its own. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, animals have grammar. Well, thanks to God. Thanks to God. That's yeah. that, you make a good point. Thanks to God. Come on, Dan. Anyway, that was sent into us by uh, by an undercover atheist. Um, he says he says uh, great show. Keep it up. He saw the uh, the above link on YouTube recently and wanted to get our take on it. Well, he gave us his take, uh, which was he says. So the obvious the the argument is flawed. Obviously, the question is why is it flawed. He says, morality and ethics are created through the social contracts that bind us. Right. They may be religious or governmental in nature, but it is an agreement nonetheless. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think, and he also, you know, he goes through a whole a whole argument here. I did, But what I wanted to get into was, and his argument's good. I'm not right. discounting it. It's, But I, I wanted to say that I, we really need to... I've, what's funny is that I've definitely heard this argument before. I've definitely heard people saying that without God as sort of the provider of of morality. Right, but... Right. Then where's where, where does it come from? Right. Well, and clearly, um, you know, none of, the, none of the items that he listed were uh, such as, you know, uh, blowing up innocent people watching a, a marathon... Right. Yeah. That yeah. couldn't possibly be religiously justified by a different <laughs> religious group. Right. Exactly. So unless you have, unless you know, which they all know that they've got the, the right pipeline God. to God. <laughs> it's a, yeah. I mean, how do you know you have the right set of ethics? Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. You're, so you have to look to these social contracts. You have to look to the humanity well, for and the he, source of, and like, he, how to... You Even know. if we were to go with his God, which I'm assuming is, we'll just call him Christian, generic Christian God. Mm. That even has changed over time. Absolutely. So, I mean, come on. It, the religious crusades even, were not wrong? Even God's, well, and, and he says that they were wrong. 
he says he agreed with him. Well, okay, well, if you agreed with him, then why was it right then and exactly. wrong now? That's what I'm or saying. Or why is the Bible, you know, or you could say that, you know, well, they weren't actual Christians. They were they were acting against God. Well, I'll tell you who wasn't acting against God, the guys in the Bible who owned slaves. Right. But now that's not okay. Right. Or the guys in the Bible who slaughtered, who committed mass genocide. Right. And it was okay then. It was commanded by God then, and now it's not okay. Right. Which leads me to think, oh, maybe this isn't some objective morality that comes from God, but rather just a human morality that comes from humans. Right. I it mean, changes it, with the times. Absolutely. It changes with human understanding of right and wrong. Yep. That's what that's what uh, our emailer said. He said this, the, the, the social contract changes over time as our relationships with one another are redefined. Uh, so we as a community should set down our moral benchmarks. He's saying he's. Uh, he said, "I will gra- gladly agree with my fellow man. Uh, we won't be. We won't commit the following. We will not commit genocide on one another. Rape is not permitted. Feeding the poor is infinitely better for society than blowing up a marathon. Uh, wars based upon religions are not permit. Or yeah, religions are not permitted. Tolerance is better than intolerance, and human rights are determined by humans. Here's the thing." I think we need to, we as a group need to stop, stop talking about morality. I don't think morality is a useful term anymore. It's too mired in religion. I like to talk about pro-sociality and anti-sociality. And the, or at very least talk about those as the basis, those concepts as the basis for morality. Um, you know, you hear, you, if you've read uh, uh, Sam Harris's book about morality, mm-hmm. he talks about it being, you know, based on the concept of what will what will promote human well-being mm-hmm. and what will what would what would be a cause of human suffering right and those why can't that be a very good objective basis for morality yeah oh no it's got to be jesus oh yeah jesus i'd rather understand where my morals come from than not right. understand them than not know that it comes and just take them at face value yeah Right. A oh, Jesus of, said this, which of course Jesus didn't say any of this crap. But like, or you know to, what I mean? Or, like, yeah, it's in the Bible. It's a set of immutable rules that can never be changed. That are always changing. That are always changing anyway. Based on whoever's the preacher. Right. So, yeah, exactly. At very least, now we can have a conversation about why we believe what we believe. Right. And whether it, we should continue to believe what we believe. Right. We can't even have a conversation in this country about abortion. There's just... There's just two sides. Yep. And they can't converse. They are non-conversant sides. Yep. So, I mean, and and it's because of religion. It's because we can't it's because we can't have a a rational discussion when someone has when someone pulls out the religion card. Right. As soon as you pull it out, it's it the the discussion's over. <clears throat> anyway, uh <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Um, uh, the undercover atheist who wrote that also wrote in a second time this week. So I'm, I'm just going to, uh, quickly cover this because this is a personal anecdote and I really liked it. Um, he said, uh, he said that he listens to us. He's finally caught up and listened to every episode. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that we've done a great job of combining humor, current events and atheist news. Well, good, because that's you. what we're doing. That's kind of what, that's our mission statement. Um, but he said he plays his po- our podcast uh, while he prepares in the mornings. 
Quote, over the past few weeks, uh, trying to catch up, it has been every day. After hearing me play your podcast, my wife confronted me last night. In a joking tone, she asked, are you now an atheist? For the first time with anyone on the topic of religion, I decided to be honest and direct. I wasn't going to use the agnostic answer I have used in the past whenever asked. The conversation was short. I tended, I tended to ask more questions than she did. The two key questions I asked were, does that surprise you? And does this change anything? Uh, concerning surprise, it did. She asked how an atheist could be a member of the organizations I was a part of and deal with, and deal with on a regular basis. But she was not surprised given my nature, just given my life. Um, and then he says, you know, does this, con does this change anything? She said, no, why would it? I'm not some religious nut. Is she an atheist and just not know it? Maybe this conversation will open her up to asking herself some questions. Anyway, he uh, he and, and he goes through sort of pinpointing how he when he became atheist. To, mm -hmm. You know, he said he read a whole bunch of fantasy books and they eventually and then eventually read the looked at the Bible and went, oh, well, that's kind of the same thing. Right. Anyway, he uh, he. It, he said he doesn't intend to come out to the general public anytime soon since it may destroy or hinder his career and network. But uh, he says it's good that my wife knows and is comfortable with it. Cool. You know, it's like our, our friend Paige said. Mm -hmm. It's about being known. Right. And how well can you be known and how, how intimate can you be with your partner if, uh, if, if there are things that they, that they can't know about you. Right. So congratulations on that. Indeed. That's, that's great. Um, we, uh, I also wanted to shout out to Nana who wrote to us. Thanks for, thanks Nana. for writing Nana. Oh, she said she feels like she's a, a personal friend. <laughs> I kind of feel pretty warm about her too. Yeah. Oh, Nana. Anyway, she said some nice things. Uh, and, uh, and you know, oh, you know what? I'm going to read one, one thing that she wrote because, uh, another, another person, uh, had asked, had written in and asked us about um, other atheists. You know, they liked the segment with the scathing atheists that we mm, did mm -hmm. and wondered about other atheist podcasts. Mm. And frankly, I don't listen to many. And right. I know that you don't listen to any. Do you? No, I don't. <laughs> so, so, but she said, but Nana had, had a nice list that she listens to. So I thought I'd read it out for people. Um, she's, she does say that so far we're the only one that she gives financial support to. Oh, that's on nice. a monthly basis, hmm. which is very nice. But she says she also likes Seth Andrews, Phil Albertelli, The Humanist Hour, The Atheist Community of Austin on YouTube, um, Reasonable Doubts, and Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Um, she says they're all intelligent. Uh, or she says Reasonable Doubts and Skeptical Guide to the Universe are intelligent shows. All of those are clean, quote, clean once in a while, I listen to an, quote, explicit show like Godless Bitches, Post-Rapture Looting, or Cognitive Dissonance. I, she says in parentheses, I once wrote to Cognitive Dissonance about their language, and they wrote back, that's why the, the explicit tag is there. Naive me thought it was a ref it referred to topics, not language. Yeah. She, she, proudly, she says, <laughs> I can now tolerate F-bombs, although I don't use them myself. Right. Sorry, Nana, we use the F-bombs. <laughs> <laughs> but not as um freely no as as a lot of perhaps not a lot of podcasts that but we, I de have we we definitely we have definitely dropped dropped some f-bombs mm -hmm. so nana who is in her 70s i'm you you can commiserate with my mother <laughs> over that 
But thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, you've got some uh, voicemails for us. Well, I have a voicemail oh, okay. for us. Um, and so, yeah, let's let's take a listen. Hey, guys. Uh, this is uh, Tom from Metro Detroit. Uh, I just want to thank you um, for just being a softer atheist because I've been an atheist for a while. I was raised Catholic, but not really religious, but religious. School, growing up, it was never a big deal. But I've been an angry atheist for a while, and you guys helped me kind of, I don't know, soften my edges, and I appreciate it a lot. I was just wondering, um, I'm pretty open. I tell my whole dad's side of the family knows I'm atheist, but I don't tell my grandma because my grandma on my mom's side, she's Catholic. She goes to church every single day. And I just feel it's easier just not to bring it up. Is there a problem not bringing that kind of stuff up? Should I tell her or should I just leave it quiet, which is what I've done now. It doesn't really hurt anything. I don't really, I don't feel stifled or anything. So if it's not a problem, is staying quiet the way to go? Just uh, who cares? doesn't hurt anything so just wanting your opinion on it thank you bye all right well cool thank you yeah i think that's a that uh, you know what what a what an interesting thing i the the truth of the matter is here <laughs> there is no universal answer for whether or not you should tell loved ones right about your atheism but i think in this scenario it's it's easy to say if you know it's probably not it's no big deal. No, you don't have to tell her. No, is it going to break her heart? Is she, will she? <laughs> is, is it hurting you somehow to not have her know? Right. You know. I mean, like, and there is. It does mean that that part that you won't be able to have a full understanding of each other. Well, but how? Many, but you may like, not anyway. Right. I mean, a lot of times with grandparents, that's not what you're right going for. Yeah, my but wife's I, my wife's grandparent grandfather. Yeah, died knowing that she had left the Mormon church. And one of the last things that she, that he ever said to her was come home. Right. And that's just, I mean, it, it, it's clear that him knowing him, knowing didn't hurt their relationship. They still loved each other very much, mm-hmm. but it, I mean, him knowing also didn't do anything positive for anybody. Right. It was, it just made him sad. Right. And it's not like they had discussions about it. Right. He's not. He wasn't the kind of guy that wanted that kind of a discussion. He he would have eschewed it. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah, you, you don't have to tell everybody. Let Grandma die happy if that's how you think it's best. It's your choice. <laughs> I mean, or I mean, she may. It may not make her unhappy. You never know. But yeah. you know Grandma better than we do. So right. And if this is what's been working till up till now, I don't, I don't see any need to rock the boat with Grandma. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, parents are different. Parents you have a different relationship with than than grandparents. I think mm-hmm. depending depending on your relationship right. with your I, grandparents. But I know just personally, like, yeah, my parents. I had they had to know. Mm-hmm. Right now, consequently, they also blathered everybody. So, <laughs> um, so there was no way that grandparents weren't going to know. But um, but yeah, I don't I don't think that it's it's necessary. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I the truth is that. We all get this get to make this decision for everybody that we know mm-hmm. on our own. 
you can decide your level of involvement and yeah. your level of, of outness yeah. in the universe. Yeah, I don't think that's one of the necessarily one of those scenarios where it's like um and again, there's no universal here, but like th- there's a lot of good that I think that can happen in certain environments where you feel safe enough to be like, oh yeah, I'm atheist, where you know your job's not going to be on the line, mm-hmm. but having your coworkers know an atheist or in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? You're, you know, if you, you've, you've assessed the situation, you know that like you're, you're going to be safe. You're going to be good after come coming out. Right. So great. Come out because that can do some good in the world. But if, if you've assessed it and you're not going to be safe, you're not, things are actually going to be in peril. Eh. It's up to it. you at that point. I yeah. mean, the truth is if you feel like, you know, like you pioneering a bit, even if it hurts you a little bit, would be good for your community. Mm-hmm. Some people make that sacrifice. Some people do. I'm not. Some people I'm, are willing to make that sacrifice. I'm not someone to tell you no. Right. But uh, but you know, you need to assess what's going what what's going to be best or worst for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a, another email from Mike. Uh, Mike said, uh, "Humans need a better end goal. Something truly meaningful." Like making the world a better place to live. The religious have their theirs figured out. Salvation and eternity in heaven. He says we can give the world something better than a myth. We can accept we accept science and the reality of the world around us. They deny science, evolution, global warming, etc. The fate of our planet is of no interest to them. They're going to heaven. The effect this the effect this has on public policy and their views of things hell holds humanity back. Their resistance to the facts uh, about about the world keeps them dumb right where the corporations and right where and right-wing politicians want them he says i think we need to point out where religion hurts us most not say it is stupid it is but that's not the message that matters we need to send a message about the bigger picture keep up the good work he says to us all right or maybe he's saying that to all of you keep up the good work everybody sure but thanks mike yeah thank you for that thought of the day uh so uh what else is uh what 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 else we got we got we 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 got one email from brian that we we referenced at the top of the show ah yes indeed we'll move on to brian Ah. because brian used to be a member of the jehovah's witnesses yeah which is um an interesting group a fascinating little sect yes uh in fact when we were in um um in Kansas. Kansas met a couple J dubs who were at that party. Former J dubs. Former J dubs, yeah. who kids who had grown up J dub. Yeah. And uh cute little couple. Very nice. Yeah. I liked them. And uh Do you remember their names? I don't remember their names. <laughs> okay. But they, they Sorry were, guys. They were really sweet and they uh they we we I chatted with them at length. Yeah. And uh and yeah. It was it, but but anyways, it sort of re sparked rekindled an ish, uh, a curiosity about the Jehovah's Witnesses. About about these uh, yeah, it's these a, people. It's a crazy little group because one of the things that also driving around the South we noticed were tons of kingdom halls, which are what the Jehovah's Witnesses call their, their little churches. Right. Um, and like seriously, a ton of them. Yeah. A surprising number. More than Mormon churches. Oh, yeah. That we noticed. Way, way more. Yeah. It seemed like they sort of picked roadside... Yeah. spots to put them yeah 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 right on the highway there or whatever um because that's i mean we're definitely seeing them there 
Um, and we didn't see and 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 in fairness, Mormonism may not have as strong a foothold in the South, and they may be stronger down there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, know where the have, where the demographics of J Dubness is. Where, well, like, like regionally, yeah, where I, where I their have, strongholds are. No clue. Anyway, uh, so so Brian, we Brian Brian wrote into us and gave us an an an, an anecdote about his life uh, as mm-hmm. a former J Dub, and then said we he'd be happy to supply us with some information if we ever wanted to do a, a thing about them. Yeah. So we said, "Okay, go." Yeah. Marcus said, "Go." Yeah. And he did. He took up the mantle and ran. Mm-hmm. Took up the mantle. Is that wow. a Mormon? Is that a Mormon phrase, or is that a just a religious phrase? I have no clue. Take up the mantle of God. And anyway, he took up the mantle of uh, historian slash mm-hmm. slash info deliverer and gave us some good stuff. So here's so let's start. Okay, why don't you, why don't you get started on that? Uh, all right. the uh, The history begins in the 1870s with when, as he puts it, as Brian puts it, a wealthy haberdasher named <laughs> Charles Taze Russell was. Uh, well, you know what? I could, I could honestly, if I just selectively told this story, you would think I was talking about Joseph Smith. Mm-hmm. Just a, you know, a, a guy was questioning all of the religions, uh, and and ran across, you know, okay. So he says he was ran across the teachings of George Storrs and George Stetson, mm-hmm. who were Adventist preachers involved in uh, the Millerite movement, which was uh, the same movement that gave rise to the. Adventist, the Seventh Day Adventist, right? Exactly. So we, uh, so there's there's sort of some common ancestry between the uh, the the J Dubs and the Seventh Day Adventists, uh-huh. um, and we'll see some more uh, some more intersections, some more places where they convene. It's very interesting when you start learning more about all of these religions that started up in the 1800s. Uh-huh. You start to really learn what the 1800s were about, like what everybody was looking for in the 1800s in America. Yeah. Because these are all very American uh, religions as well, mm-hmm. but yeah, the uh, so so they they uh, <clears throat> the, the Russell Charles Russell uh, got in touch with another Adventist named Nelson Barber, who uh, after after he received a copy of of Barber's magazine uh, Herald of the Morning. Hmm. Uh, so Barber and, and and company taught that Jesus Christ had returned invisibly in 1847. Isn't that a fun thing? I want to know or more about returning invisibly. He came back in 1874. What, what does that mean? It was the it was that was the second coming of Christ. I know, but invisible. They saw it through signs. They didn't uh, see it. They didn't see it through seeing him. I they thought just, he like. Do you did you do you remember the movie Predator? Yeah. When, yeah. when like, the predator is sort of invisible, but every now and then you see a leaf move, and you yeah. know that that's sort of... That's, that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did in 1874. Okay. That's what Predator is actually based on. In, exactly. Predator yes. is based on Jesus. Uh-huh. Yeah. I yeah. believe it. Yeah. He's a little bit of a predator. <laughs> and, and sort of, you know, carrying it further, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the Schwarzenegger character was Charles Russell in this scenario. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, so 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 uh, Jesus Christ had returned invisibly in 1874, and in 1878 the rapture would come, and all the Christians would be taken away to heaven. And Russell was on board, and it was, so he sold up, so he loaded up the truck and moved to Beverly, 
Oh wait, no, he sold, uh, but he did uh, sell off all of his stuff, uh, all of his business, and uh, to and went to fund the Herald, and and wrote for the Herald, and they were all very excited. And then 1874 came, or or, or 1878 came, and uh, mm-hmm. nothing happened. Okay, no rapture. We all know how that feels <sighs> at this point. All that build up, no rapture. It's so sad, right? I mean. So uh so this created tensions between Russell and Barber. Mhm. Okay. I trusted yeah. you, Mr. Barber, <laughs> he said in my mind. Uh ultimately uh Russell withdrew his financial support from the Herald and started his own magazine uh the title of which part of the title of which you may recognize. His magazine was called Zion's Watchtower and Herald of Christ's Presence. Wow. Little clunky title. Yeah. A little bit clunky. Need a little reworking. Sure. That's fine. Sure. But they, 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 they which, nailed which it later. They, which they did. Yeah. Yes. They, yeah, they, they shaved it down just mm-hmm. to Watchtower, which is which was a, a good move. Yeah. A good move. They should really... Um, then again... You, the you, Watchtower. Mm, it's cleaner. It, it's nicer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where, was, where was the guy that helped out? Yeah, uh, with the Facebook. Facebook, yeah. 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 Where, where was Justin Timberlake? Yeah. When Charles... Russell needed him. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, so the Watchtower started, and uh, he started to gain a following. You know, apparently, really, the key to starting a religion in the 1800s was publication. Mm, If you you had a book, if you had a magazine, if you had something going, boy, if you you had something worth reading, people Mm -hmm. were on board. Lots of wives. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, also a key. Yeah, exactly. Oh well. Ooh, hey, I can rock Well, yeah. I mean, that, I, I don't think that took hold. That wasn't a selling point of Mormonism. Well, I'm saying we're we're talking about Jehovah's. I'm saying Witnesses. you said in the 1800s. Yeah, okay. A good thing to have. And I said also, also that. Yeah, but not so much for the J Dubs. No, no, no. They didn't do that. No, they were um, smarter than that. So in 1916, Russell, God bless him, he died. Poor guy. Uh, and, uh, and, mm. but he, by this point he had built it up, built up the uh, watchtower and there were a lot of, there were a lot of people on board and everything. So, mm-hmm. so obviously it had to carry on and, uh, that's, uh, the enter a man named God bless him. Joseph Rutherford. 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 That's a good name. Who, uh, who our friend Brian really smartly equates to, uh, one Mr. Brigham Young. Yeah. He, uh, <clears throat> because he is. He's like the second guy. He kind of muscled it away from uh, some other people that, that that possibly should have been part of things. He mm-hmm. replaced the board of the Watchtower with his own people and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, also, we decided when we were looking at his Wikipedia page that the picture mm-hmm. of, of him, of, of Rutherford, mm-hmm. if you just put a little mustache on there, he looks like Hitler. Yeah. Which is, it's creepy. Yeah. That that dude looks like Hitler. <laughs> He's not Hitler, but he looks like him. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so the, this movement, uh, they were originally called Bible students. Yeah. They called themselves the Bible students. The BSers. <laughs> good. That was a good move, changing their name. Yeah, they needed to not be known as the BSers. J-Dubs <laughs> works a lot better than BSers. Hello, we're with the BSers. Oh, okay. Although the effect is often the same. Yeah. yeah if you yeah. say to someone at their, uh, you know, if you show up at someone's door and say we're the J Dub, we're the 
Jehovah's Witnesses. Most people here were the BSers. <laughs> anyway, they uh, you know they 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 broke away from that idea because Bible students uh, as a group had fractured into a number of different splinter groups. As as happens, this apparently you know, this was a, a this is a very common theme. If you start a religion, be prepared. There will be breaks. There's going to be some offshoots. Yeah, you're going to say yeah. something. It's going to piss twelve or thirteen people yeah. off, and they're going to run off and form their own thing. Yeah, they're going to have it's, their own little charismatic leader. Hold it together. Just hold it together. Yeah. Realize though that one of those new little charismatic leaders might be more successful than you. Maybe it can happen. That's a possibility. If happen. you're the founder, usually you got some clout. Yeah. But if you're not the founder, yeah. If you're like just if you've just sort of taken over. Yeah, there there may be others that, that could know. do better. You, you yeah. never know what's going to happen. It, it's it's a it's a crapshoot. Yeah. So uh, and it, so 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 these guys decided to start calling themselves the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. <gasps> in That's order how to, it happened. In order to prevent from being prevent them from being confused with other oh, other Bible my students. God. Um, and then apparently Rutherford also predicted a date for the end of the world, which was in 1925. Oh. Really? Mm. Yeah, that didn't happen. He was wrong about that. Yeah, that didn't happen. Okay. That I know about. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it happened. Well, maybe it was an invisible end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. The second coming was invisible. The rapture yeah. was invisible. Yeah. You know, you can't see any of it. These poor schmucks. They no. didn't see it. No, they never. they never ah. got to see it. They knew it was uh, coming, but they just didn't see it. Rutherford really shook things up, changed a lot of things, changed a lot of the beliefs. He was the one that sort of started introducing all of the really strict beliefs about, like, no Christmas and no Easter and no fun and no oh, friendliness. Oh, my God. I don't like him at all. I know. He's, he's the one that made the, the J-Dub kids at my school weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was that's what made him stand out and be totally weird. Exactly. And the, the fact that we had to make, like, really lame, like, secular Christmas arts projects well you should be doing that anyway you shouldn't oh, be doing the christmas posh <laughs> i want some good christmas i want some santa claus okay it doesn't have to be jesus i want some santa claus some, some trees i want some trees i want some snowmen i want some reindeer those are all the things that the j-dubs hate yeah they hate that stuff because and that's totally like the secular side of christmas yeah but so nonetheless re- we couldn't do any of that instead i my mom price still has it somewhere because she saves all this kind of crap. Although I think she had a purging a few years ago of all like my Christmas ornaments that I made for. Her. But um, this was made with a. It was a little tiny like soda fountain drink that had a hook on it <laughs> that we made in class out of like little uh, pom pom things. You're like, mom, look, it's a vanilla Coke. Yeah. <laughs> and it, she was like, oh, thank you. And she hung it next to. The Santa Clausy stuff that my brother, who's ten years older than me, right. had made at school. Look, it's a it's a milkshake. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So he was he was responsible for that, and then he died, and you know, so it became a much more much more organized organization. It became much a very top down sort of thing, not unlike the Mormons, grumpier too, and very grumpy. Mm-hmm. They were good at grumpy. Hey, when you got some, when you're good at something, you roll with it. Yeah. Uh, and then, so, <laughs> I love, I love the series of these in the late 1960s, the uh, Watchtower Society, which was the organizing group now, which was the, oh. which was the group in charge. Okay. 
uh, they began they began hinting at the year 1975. Oh, the year I was born. The year we were born. Yeah. You and I were both born yeah. in that year as a year of significance. It was. Well, I think they're right. It was a big year. I think I think that's when the real second coming came, mm. and it was in the form of me. I don't think so. You don't think I'm Jesus? I think that would be sorely disappointing. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. It would be awful if I were Jesus. No, not if you... I mean, if you actually were, that wouldn't be a terrible thing, would it? Well, no, I'm just saying, like, it would be awful for them Yeah. if Jesus came back and it happened to be me. It's just you. Everybody would be like, oh, what? Some guy. It's just some dude. Who, yeah. But I believe that very firmly in my heart that if Jesus came back now, he would have a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He Clearly. He, w- he wouldn't go in for the, the, the ostentation of a, of a network TV show. Oh, no. He'd be a podcaster. Sure. Anyway. It's kind of a, it's, it's a people's medium. <laughs> anyway, apparently, and I'm not sure I get the math here, but, uh, but since, uh, ad, since they, there was a book called Life Ever- Everlasting in, the Free- in Freedom of the Sons of God. Uh, and this book, I beg your pardon. Life ever- okay. Life everlasting in the freedom of the sons of God. Okay. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. No, wait. <laughs> and they claimed that since Adam was created in four four thousand twenty six BC, he's he, Bryant puts BCE. Oh, good. For I don't him. think that the the JWs use BCE. I'm guessing they use BC. I've, I I have know. a sneaking suspicion they probably use BCE. <laughs> just to be weird yeah because they they they, they do the scholarly thing right that yeah, they're well. they're bible scholars and so well I, so I then betcha then explain the explain thing. to me this explain to me how the year 4026 bce would mark would be six thousand years before 1975 well you just do the math that math doesn't work out dan do the math <sighs> Anyway. There's some missing years in there. Yeah, we're missing something. I'm not, but the, know, I'm sure I'm sure they have it all you sorted lose out. Lose a year every once in a while. <laughs> I'm sure they have it all sorted I, out. I've lost weeks. Yeah. Well, definitely <laughs> lost a night I've or lost two some days. Yeah. Weeks. Weeks might be pushing it. Hey, I don't remember being six. Lost weekends at all. Weekends I definitely <laughs> lost. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. The other thing, I mean, you know, we we heard uh, Pastor Charles in Waco, Texas, mm. go through an entire explanation of time and how the the, the equinoxes work to make sure that to, to prove why the Sabbath is on Sunday instead of on Friday, the way the other Adventists do it. And it yeah, or it, it just makes your head spin. So I'm sure that they've got some very intense reason why that's to six thousand years. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, so so yeah, 1975, 6,000 year well, anniversary, round so, numbers. So how, Jesus loves round numbers. So wait a second, wait a second. If he was created in 4,026 BC. Adam was, yeah. Adam, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Because I, I just pulled up the numbers. I actually wasn't on the page, so I wasn't looking at them. Okay. That seems right. Uh, okay, wait a minute. That's totally, that's, that's, that's totally right. 1975. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm not even in my calculator here. 1975. It adds up to be 6001. Minus, what are we looking at? 4026? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, minus 40, 26 mm -hmm. equals 2,000. Yeah. Okay. My math is bad. <laughs> but it's, yeah. So that's how you get the 6,000th. Anyway, so yes. And because you also can't count the zero. The Yeah. Right. Zero becomes an Be issue. Yeah. So, okay. So 6,000 years... <laughs> I've never been good at math anyway. 6,000th year of man's creation. And I'm creation. not good at listening. So, like, you told me the numbers, and I was just like, yeah, that sounds dumb. <laughs> You're not even paying attention. I well, I'm actually, I'm looking at something that I, that I want to get to. I was, just not, I was just not subtracting year zero out of it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Anyway, um, so they concluded uh, that uh, it would... They, so this book apparently said how appropriate it would be for Jehovah God to make this coming seventh period of a thousand years a Sabbath period of rest and release. And it would not be by mere chance uh, or accident, but would be according to the loving purpose of Jehovah God for the reign of Jesus Christ, the, quote, Lord of the Sabbath, not to be confused with Lord of the Dance, uh, <laughs> to run parallel with the seventh millennium of man's existence. That would be lovely. It it makes perfect sense, obviously. And, and that, too. But I'm thinking more just from just... It would just be nice. Yeah. But sure. they were wrong. Uh, now, how do you know that? Oh, wait. It didn't because happen. Because they did math, and they were wrong. <laughs> yep. So, uh, so the... How so... many times... How many times do you have to be wrong, right, about these kind of <sighs> predictions before you realize that you just are fucking clueless well you're just completely you don't you don't know your ass from your elbow at you, that point you really don't you really don't and this one they hit pretty hard apparently there was a whole there was a whole thing about like uh -oh, there were really? there were lots of different places he he provided several quotes that were like hitting on the thing there was there was a whole stay alive to 75 campaign wow within the church uh yeah Wow, interesting. They were they were they were saying things to the young folks like, "Hey, don't bother going to college because." Uh, well, they kind of believe that anyway. How good is what good is it going to do you when when in two years Jesus comes back? Yeah, stuff. So, you won't be able to get a job with your your crazy fancy college degree once Jesus is here. Yeah, he's not impressed by a degree. No, but unfortunately, he didn't show up. Damn he's it! Kind of a jerk. He always is doing that. He's standing up his believers all the time. <laughs> he is just, he's just a deadbeat. Yeah. Is what he, he doesn't is. even text. <clears throat> no. He doesn't even send you a text to say he's not going to show up. Exactly. Like, oh, sorry, I made plans. You're, you're sitting there. other plans and they're cooler. Or the group's better. You're sitting there like an idiot. You don't know whether to get a table at the restaurant mm -hmm. or whether to just wait in the waiting room. Finally, mm -hmm. you just get a table. You're like, he'll show up. He's Jesus. He promised. Yeah. I'm sure it'll happen. And then you're just there drinking your water like a moron. Yeah. Eventually, you switch to a cocktail. Yeah, because you got to get because you got to drown through drown it your sorrow at this point. Everybody's looking at you. They yeah. all know what's happened. Uh -huh. Jesus stood you up. They all know what's going on. It's just embarrassing. <laughs> you go off. You have to. You have to go to a bar afterwards and pick up on some uh, 
some really ugly person just because you need to feel some like somebody deity. will accept will some, not yeah exactly <laughs> some some other deity some that. other deity and just the first deity that you find because you need to feel like someone will accept you and not treat you like crap but and then yeah, that guy just you know they don't call got like an elephant head and and you go and sleep with them, but then, you know, it's not good because yeah. everybody's too drunk to make anything good happen. And then, you know, the next day, you're like, I'm sorry, awkward, I apologize, but I can't see you again. They don't want to see you. you know, I still have these feelings about Jesus, and it's just, it's and, just not going to work. And they were just in it for a random, you know, for, yeah. for a, a rebound fuck anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all very ugly business. <sighs> Let's uh, let's talk about some uh, fun beliefs that the J Dubs have. They do have fun beliefs. They uh, they do. Do you want to do you want to delineate a couple? Sure, why not? Throw some out there. Um. Well, um. He lists one that the the J Dubs do not believe in the Trinity. <laughs> That's true. They are the non-Trinitarian. True. Yeah. Uh, like the Mormons, they are not Trinitarian. Right. Um. Some of the things they believe that Jehovah is God the Father. Right, and not and and so Jesus Christ is his son and a different person altogether. Right, which is, from my understanding, more like main mainline Christianity. Mainline, like Jehovah is God. God of the Old Testament is God the Father. Right, right, yeah, Je- yeah. But Whereas God, God of the Old Testament, in the Mormon perspective, is Elohim. Jesus. Well, oh, right, and Jehovah. Je- yeah, Jehovah is Jesus. Right. And but Elohim anyways. is God. Um, anyways, but they don't really believe in the Holy Ghost. They they just believe that the the Holy Spirit is a person, uh, which is not would... a person, but is a force that God uses to create. Use the force, to God, perform miracles or boister people's faith. And I think it's a guy with a sheet over his head. That's what I think the Holy Ghost is. Yeah, yeah, with some. Ooh. yeah um and then also in this one this the, and that's like okay well i don't believe in the trinity either so yeah. um but then this is funny though um they and i remember this from like encountering jehovah's witnesses in italy on my mission um they they do not believe that jesus died on a cross and this is like crazy oh, yeah. important to them yeah. They believe that he was on like a stake, right? Yeah. Um and because the they they object to the cross because it's a pagan symbol and blah 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 blah. <laughs> Whereas it's like, well, but the Romans didn't do that. Well, no, they did they actually. They did do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I looked into that a little bit. And okay. apparently that's not uh that's not an entirely unfounded thing. And they're basing it on some scholarship. Like they they're they're interpreting a Greek word uh differently. Stauros. Uh, differently than than ever everybody else mm-hmm. um but i mean the, but yeah i mean I, I i guess there was a, a tradition uh of just hanging someone up to a stake interesting and putting their you know using the same nail for both of their uh hands as well as their feet and just... uh, sounds so brutal yes it's called a cruce cruce simplex mm. okay well nonetheless and that, it's just a hang-up. Like, it's a big old hang-up. And it's now, really important to them that they're, like... <laughs> Mind you, they didn't always believe that. That 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 belief changed in uh, 1936. Wow. They, they, they used to use the cross and crown symbol on their tombstones and on publications. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Now what do they use? Uh, it's a watchtower. Watchtower. Yeah. Dumb. Stupid watchtower. Maybe balloons. 
Oh, I like balloons. <laughs> Maybe I should be Jehovah's Witness. Uh, and then there's that whole only 144,000 people go to heaven and the rest of everybody's on earth and it's amazing and awesome. Which and, creates, yeah. I mean, originally, I believe that it was 144,000 get to be uh, sort of exalted and everybody else just dies. Oh, really? That was I the original thing? I think that was thing? the original thing. And then mm-hmm. they had way more than 144,000 believers and somebody did the math and went, wait a minute. Well, but still, even though that's sort of the anointed class, right? Right. Um, and still to this day, though, like when they do communion, they only do it like once a year on their memorial service. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is in memory of Jesus' death. But it's definitely not Easter. Right. And they uh, they pass bread and wine around the, through the crowd, but most people don't partake because it's a major faux pas if you've not been identified as one of as you're if you're not recognized by the society, right? As uh, as anointed, as anointed. You know what's interesting though? Uh, they don't keep like the centralized group. I read this. Don't keep track of who is anointed. Hmm. Only the uh, individual congregations keep track of that. Oh, so they can't ever. So that nobody really can... know the numbers, right? Yeah. So uh... oh, that's scary. Yeah. Um, and there are more. One of the things, though, that just because the numbers came up, I actually found a site that has their population by country. Oh, okay. Membership by country listed out because um, they're they're there's their spoken membership. They're their self-claimed membership is what? It's, something it's like somewhere around 7 million right. worldwide. Um, and this, I don't know, this actually doesn't say the year of these statistics. Mm. Where does it say? Yeah. Oh, so, this the, the source is the 2002 report of the Jehovah's Witnesses worldwide. So it's, these are their self-reported numbers from 2002. Okay. Um, and so in the United States, just over a million. Okay. Okay. Um, and then it, it and then it jumps down to like s- over six hundred thousand for Brazil, almost six hundred thousand for Mexico. Mm. Um, and it's really interesting. Like their top ten countries are Brazil, Me- obviously United States, Brazil, Mexico, Nigeria, Italy, Japan, Germany, Philippines, Russia, and Ukraine. The Italy's the one that jumps out at you. Italy jumps out at me. Japan also kind of sort of jumps yeah, out. Yeah, that is interesting. And so does Germany. Yeah. You know, Germany with 164,000. Huh. Um, and their numbers for Europe are way better than Mormon numbers. Because, like, this number, this 235,000 for Italy yeah. is crazy good. That actually puts them as one of the largest. I think it's, like, there's only a handful, first of all, non-Catholic churches that actually have, like, good, solid numbers. Right. And the J-Dubs are right up there in in those in well, i think you've group. said that, that way beyond mormons when you were there you encountered a whole bunch of j-dubs yeah we actually went and visited their uh publication center in rome oh really it was big and fancy and state-of-the-art oh and there you go there were j-dubs everywhere and the grounds were really <laughs> really hyper clean like i like, love the fact that you said there were j-dubs everywhere as the, it made it sound like they were like little critters running around there were yeah they're they everywhere. Were just everywhere they were everywhere <laughs> you have to look not to step on them yeah, and they have a look too, you know. Because do they, they? Yeah, well, in in Italy they were. You could spot them out of. You couldn't necessarily spot them out of a crowd, but like, um, you know, the the kind of dress that all the women wore huh. it wasn't like a uniform or anything, but it was the, like a very modest, simple, basic dress. And of course, they would just buy them at the local 
store. I mean, right. it wasn't like there was some central distribution of dresses or anything. I'm not suggesting right. that. But they, they just had a very clean, modest, simple sort of thing going about them right. that, was, that felt very not Italian. It had a frumpiness that sure. wasn't Italian. Okay, that, that's right. fair. Had a, a floral printness <laughs> that wasn't Italian. A, a Mormonness, if you will. <laughs> They're so like the Mormons, it's funny. Yeah. The, uh, here's an interesting thing. On the Wikipedia page, it says that their membership, the, the, the organization worldwide reports membership of over 7.78 million. Wow. Um, that's, that's adherents involved in evangelism. They say convention attendance of over 12 million. Interesting. And annual memorial attendance of over 19 million. Yeah, wow. Are people bringing all of their friends? That's really... Come with me to memorial? I don't know. I I doubt it. What does that mean? I have no clue. Because under members, just sort of in the stats box, it says 7.78 million. Well, maybe everybody comes out of the woodwork. Yeah, but you'd think that they would count all of those people... All of the woodwork people as their membership. If they're coming to Memorial. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe those are a lot of um, curious outsiders. I don't know. Brian. Investigators. Brian, we have questions. But I will say this. And there's nothing that makes me more sad than coming across a statistic like this. Yeah. Trinidad Trinidad and Tobago, which is paradise on earth, right? They have over eight thousand J Dubs there. What a sad group of J Dubs! You're in, <laughs> you're in fucking paradise, and you're Jehovah's Witness. That sucks. How many people are in Trinidad and Tobago? Not a lot. Just, just yeah. The, uh, hang on, I'm looking it up. The um, uh, the entire country's population is if my if it load, uh, where is it? Oh, uh, one point three million. Yeah. 8,000 in that country. That's, I don't know. You could, I think you can still have a so really, sad. I think you can have a nice time in paradise and still be, and cause they drink. They yeah, they do. They don't get drunk. That's true. But they drink. Yeah. And they, you know, you could be hanging out with everybody else at the kingdom it's hall a, and then going and frumpy, boring religion. Just, like it's just, yeah, but that doesn't mean they can't go to the beach. It's like Mormons going to these places. <laughs> it's just a waste. It's, just, it's wasted on them. No paradise for you. No, none. I don't know. Mormons have that nice thing in Hawaii going on. They've got BYU Hawaii. Yeah, but they still don't have fun. They don't have fun. They don't know how to have fun. Yeah, they they have a hard time cutting loose. Yeah, that's sad. It is sad. So they go and they kind of just look, you know, wistfully <laughs> at, at the beach. No, the the grown-ups have all have long since killed their wistfulness. It's the children. <laughs> Like, the grown-ups just walk through with this sort of steely-eyed mm. resolve. Mm. But the kids look at all of the fun that's being had, the steel drums being played on the yeah. beach, and the, you know, people mm-hmm. drinking their beer and laughing and cavorting, and the kids are just like, oh, yeah, that looks like fun. Daddy, can we go do that? No. We don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, I looked for I, I couldn't find Saudi Arabia on the list because I mean the list is in crazy crazy right like there's 178 countries listed here yeah. that's like all the countries in the world so I was like obviously Saudi Arabia wouldn't be on the list but like the Falkland Islands five members they were counting them <laughs> Montserrat nine well and what's interesting is that they all so every J Dub on the Earth is expected to go and do missionary work always. Mm-hmm. 
It's not like Mormons where they send out the young guys to go and do missionary work, and then maybe when you're old, you go and do some too, for, you know, for a couple mm-hmm. years or whatever. Mm-hmm. These people are all expected to put in hours every month. Yeah, that's true. He says he says the average is something around the uh, along the line of nine or ten hours a month. I think mm-hmm. is what Brian said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. So, uh, so Malta. yeah, you Malta five hundred and forty four. Well, that's like Italy. <sighs> Anyway, yeah, there's a it's 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 a fascinating group of people, uh, and I'm actually so interested in the parallels between uh, between Mormonism and this. They're so they're, it's just it's the same it's the same thing. I mean these these they grew up in the same time period ish. Mm-hmm. You know they they came out of sort of the after. same yeah. the same tradition. Uh, I mean, and you can just see there's there's this hunger for 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 revelation and for for newness and mm-hmm. there's this 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 sense of uh i'm right you're wrong well yeah absolutely yeah. and both churches believe that distinctly they are they have a an exclusive uh handle on the truth on the truth mm-hmm. period yeah. capital t truth so i yeah it it feels i feel at home talking about these people i feel like might as well have been one, but I'm glad that I got to celebrate Christmas and my birthday. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, it feels like the grumpier Mormons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because for all their all their faults, Mormons, you know, they don't they don't really know how to cut loose, but they're not grumpy per se. No, they still have fun. Yeah. They just have Mormon fun. Yeah, and it I involves a lot of bowling. And, and I bet I bet the J-Dubs feel the same way. Yeah. I, mean, I bet they feel like, you know, oh, we know how to have fun. We're fun. Right and right now in the world, there are J-Dubs looking down on the Amish and mm-hmm. just saying, those people don't know how to, how to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> if you can have drinks, even though they're not supposed to get drunk, but if you can have alcohol, you can have some fun. Yeah. So they have to be actually probably more fun than the Mormons. I don't know about that. I know I they know. seem grumpy, I mean, and they're very insular, and they, they're they right, and you're wrong. Right. But and, I bet they have fun. But, but everything's about Jesus. Everything's about Jehovah. Yeah. To them. That's, no. that's There's no fun in that. I don't know. Brian, did you have fun? Now you, now you have to write to us again. Let us know. <laughs> or if you, any of the rest of you were J-dubs, please uh, fill us in on the experience we've hopefully illuminated what they are and who who they're what they're about but we don't you know that's the one thing you can't look up on wikipedia what is it yeah. like to be a j-dub anyway uh thanks for listening everybody i think that that was a fun little conversation that yeah we had. if yeah. you have some uh, input that you'd like to provide us yeah you can do that on facebook.com slash tgi atheist mm-hmm. you can write to us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442 yeah um don't forget that you can uh, you can help support our our humble little podcast by giving us a little bit of money if you go to thankgodimatheist.com uh yeah and uh, of course we'd also like to thank the red rock hot club for letting us use their music yeah um and yeah so we'll leave it at that thanks for listening guys and have a good one have a fun time in the world bye-bye